Ephesians chapter 2, if you have your Bible this morning, we're in our series in Ephesians, and we've just been enjoying this, uh, just loving the Word of God. So Ephesians, if you're just joining us, we've been in this letter written by the Apostle Paul to the church in ancient Ephesus, which is modern-day Turkey. He wrote to a church, a young church, a new church, a vibrant church of Gentiles. And what that means is anybody who's not Jewish by birth is uh, essentially Gentiles. You'll see that word in the scriptures. And so I know for me, my family, uh, I have Norwegian uh, heritage. I have some German, some English, and some Norwegian. So um, I know that my ancestors were Vikings probably. I'm thankful for God's grace. He saved a line of Gentiles. So how many are thankful that God's grace reached out to your family heritage and your line? I would be, I would be completely in darkness and lost and separate from God unless God's grace would have reached out not just to the Jews, those who were in a covenant relationship with God, but also to the Gentiles. And Paul shares this mystery in Ephesians. This is part of the mystery that is revealed as we look at this letter to the Ephesians and to the surrounding churches, is that God had a desire in his heart from the very beginning of a new humanity. It wasn't just the Jewish people, but it was supposed to be for them from the beginning to be an example and to be blessed to be a blessing to the world. But God in his heart, and Paul shares us this, that before the foundation of the world, that God, he had you and me in his heart. And he had you and me in his his desire that we would know him, walk with him, experience life in Christ. And do you remember, as we're looking at Ephesians, in Christ is a major theme in this book. And so when you see that in your Bible, remember it, highlight it, underline it. We are called to live our life in Jesus. So we're in our first part of Ephesians, life in Jesus. And we've been looking at this together a number of weeks ago, two weeks ago, actually, I was in Ephesians 2 in the earlier part of the chapter, and Paul showed us, and he showed the, the Ephesians and, and showed us, uh, as the Holy Spirit revealed to him the goodness of God, that we were once uh, objects of wrath, that we were dead in our sin, and we were away from Christ. We were on the outside, but God. Do you remember that? Pastor Cliff preached a great message on that as well. But God, who's rich in mercy... By his grace, he, he brought us into his family and he raised us and resurrected us with Jesus Christ. We were resurrected with Christ and now somehow, we don't understand it all, but we are positionally seated with Christ in heavenly realms, in heavenly places. Therefore, we now have a view, a new view as a new person, a, a, a new perspective that we don't have to live down in the dirt in the weeds of being lost and away from God, but now in Christ, we are raised, resurrected, and seated with Jesus Christ. Incredible. I still get excited about that. <laughs> and so we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. And so we're looking at uh, Ephesians chapter 2 again, but we're going to be looking at the, the verses in particular 11 to 18. So if you have your Bible, Ephesians chapter 2, 11, 18, 11 to 18. Uh, you can follow along on the screens as well if you'd like to do that. And I've entitled this message today, Good News for the Outsiders. Good News for the Outsiders. So let's, let's read this together. I'll read it. You can follow along. Don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision 
even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises that God had made to them. But now, you have been united with Christ Jesus. You lived in this world, rather, without God and without hope. But now, you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. Your translation might say he is our peace. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when he in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of the law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from two groups together as one body. Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross. And our hostility toward each other was put to death. And he brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him and peace to the Jews who were near. And now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, we love you. Father, we're so mindful of your grace and your goodness that you have poured out to us. Lord, when we were lost in darkness, when we were away From you, God, in our brokenness, you reached out to us and you loved us. And Lord, you've called us together as well as a family. You've called us together in a place of love. And we pray, Holy Spirit, today that your word and this time in your presence, Lord, it would transform our mind and our heart and our thinking, that you would make us more and more like Jesus, that we would bring you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're talking about good news for the outsiders. Have you ever felt like uh, you've been on the outside of something looking in. You ever felt like, you, you know, you see people having fun, a good time, but you're, you're the outsider. I remember our family, we used to go to, to Ikea when the kids were little. And you know that Ikea play area for, for children? And there's a glass wall there. And I remember lining up with our children, and they were looking inside at all the kids having fun inside Ikea. How many parents think that's about the best hour of free babysitting that was ever invented when your kids were little or those who have little ones? On the outside, looking in, and by the time you know, we registered them, then they could go in. But there was a moment they were just, I want to be inside having fun. And it's a funny feeling, isn't it? Sometimes we can feel like outsiders. I think, uh, you know, have you ever been in a small town? And you showed up in a small town at a little cafe or something for lunch, and there's a, maybe 100 people in that town, and when you walk in, everybody knows when you walk in. They're like, strangers are in town, right? You ever get that feeling? You're kind of like, oh, boy. We used to experience that. My family and I would travel throughout BC and, and uh, in our role with the, with the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, we did that for about seven years and we would go to these different towns and cafes and we'd walk in and, and most times people were really nice to us, but sometimes you kind of get that sense of you guys are outsiders. And do you remember high school? How many people remember high school? Uh, how many people want to forget high school? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, some great days in high school for sure, but also some really challenging times uh, if there's any kind of 
group or community where there are classes of people that are on the in crowd and on the out crowd. It's when you're in high school. You remember this. Uh, do you remember the groups in your high school? I remember in my high school, there were the nerds. Are there still the nerds today? Young people, help me out if there's still the nerds. Uh, there, there was the nerds, and then there was the rockers. We called them the rockers. They all looked like Bon Jovi. They all had hair that looked like lion manes, and they wore leather jackets, and they, they were the rockers or the headbangers. Uh, they used to make fun of the nerds. The funny thing to me, though, is now the nerds, all the nerds I went to high school with are the ones that work for Apple, IBM. They're driving the BMWs. They're making, you know, they're having the, what's your problem? You used to not be cool, but... You know, you figured it out. You took computer science. Good on you. Uh, you avoided the smoke pit, right? You ended up taking the extra brownie points and, you know, getting all the extra tutoring. But there's nothing like high school to make people feel inside, outside, the in crowd, the out crowd. Have you ever been in a conversation with somebody and you have a couple good friends and they're together, but maybe you've been away or whatever and you all know each other, but then the two friends start going off on something that you weren't a part of. Have you ever had that experience before? And it just feels weird because everything was going great and all of a sudden those two friends that know each other and you know them, but you weren't there and you weren't part of that because maybe some time has gone by and they're laughing about Dave and what Dave. So you're like, who's Dave? I don't know Dave. And you just feel awkward and you feel weird. And so what do you do? You pull out your phone, right? And you just kind of start scrolling. At least my social media friends love me, right? And you just comfort yourself and coddle yourself because you just feel like an outsider looking in. But Paul talks about these outsiders. These outsiders in the first part of chapter 2 were outsiders who were outside of, of, of God's mercy and grace by virtue of the fact that they were living in ignorance and they were living in a place of a season, a dispensation where they were, they were objects of wrath, that they were living in a place of, of brokenness and hopelessness, as we see in our scripture today. They were hopeless and ignorant. But in his mercy, and we looked at that last time, that, but God, rich in mercy, full of grace, he extended all of us, the new humanity, to be a part of his family. And he reached out and brought the outsiders in. I'm so thankful that we're saved by grace. And this is what Paul reminds these Ephesians and these early believers of again. He said, don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. And I think it's appropriate for us today to, as well, remind ourselves, let's not forget that without Christ, we have no hope. We are outsiders, but by God's grace, he has called us to himself. He's 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 beautifully given us an invitation to know him and to walk with him. But we were dead. We were at odds with God. We, we, were, we were outside. It says that the, the Jewish people would label, it says in our text this morning, that you were called uncircumcised Gentiles. Now that term, uncircumcised Gentiles, would have been a very strong derogatory term. Almost like a, I, I could say this, like a swear word. And Paul uses this as a real punch. As you, as you look at this, he's like, you guys remember, you were outsiders. You were, beep, you were, whoa. They're like, wow, incredible. That's who you were. Like, that's, that's how much hatred and division there was. You see, because what Paul is saying is he's saying, 
the first part, he's saying God has reconciled himself to you. He's brought you into his family. But now he's saying this is how the church functions. Now the church, there's no longer any division in walls. As you are God's people, as you live your life in Christ, you used to be like this even amongst God's people. But now that's all been torn away through Jesus Christ. There's no more division. There's no more hostility. There's no more hatred for you. You used to be that. Like, you were hated. And in the temple in Jerusalem, uh, around this time, they would have understood even Herod's temple. They probably would have had a context of this. And Herod's temple had different courts. Now, there was an outer court. The, The Jewish temple had the outer court. And in the outer court, it was called the court of the Gentiles. And only Gentiles were allowed. Pretty much anybody could go in and out, but only the Gentiles were allowed in the, in the outer court. And the Gentiles were not allowed to go anywhere else but the outer court. And there was a sign, there was a plaque that would have been posted on that wall. It's in museums today somewhere. But there's an actual plaque that basically said, uh, if you enter beyond this point in the temple, you're basically sentencing yourself to death. In other words, you don't go beyond here, you're going to die. And so there was such division and hostility between the Jews who were God's people, who were called by God and blessed by God to be a blessing. But somehow along the way, they had, they had missed the point where God had called them to be an example and a blessing. And now there was hostility that was rising in their hearts. And so now even to the Gentiles, they saw them as second class and even worse, dirt, and would call them slanderous names. This whole idea of circumcision was an outward uh, symbol of a covenant. And it was supposed to, and Paul even talks about this here, he was saying really it had little to do with what was happening on the outside. It was really about something to do with the heart. And we see that in Scripture reinforcing that it's about the heart connection with God. But they would use their so-called status or their, their perception of how close and how religious they were, how close they were to God, they would use that by pushing other people out. And Paul was saying, that's no longer the case. It used to be like that. But now, through Jesus Christ, he has actually not only just made things right with the Father and with God individually, but he's now made things right corporately as a body. And this is some beautiful teaching of even the beginning foundations of what it means to be the body of Christ. And there's more teaching in Scripture about the body of Christ in Paul's writing and in other places where we see a more in-depth teaching. But these Gentiles were literally outsiders. And they were feeling condemned. And I think Paul was saying to them, guys, this is who you used to be. Don't get into that mindset. You know, there's, there's nothing more that the enemy would probably want you to feel than to feel as an outsider, even amongst God's people. I mean, the devil would be really happy for you to start comparing yourself to other Christians. And when we get an outsider, it's kind of like an orphan heart and mentality and an orphan spirit, we, we begin to feel like an outsider because we just think, well, maybe there's other people that are closer to God than me. But Paul is saying, in Christ, it's, he, and the cross, he just he took it all away. It's all grace. But we can get into mindsets of looking at other people and saying, well, 
They're so much closer to Jesus than I am. Look at those people at First Assembly. They sit in the front row, and I sit way in the back row. Or they sit in the back row, and their hands are raised high, and I, I sit over here in the corner. Or They're always on time, or I'm always late. God must love them more than me. And we look at other people, and we compare them, and we say, look how they know the Word. Look how they read the Bible. Look at their family. Look at their home. Look where they come from. And we can get in the trap of comparing ourselves And the enemy likes us to feel like we're outsiders. Yeah, maybe we're a Christian, small C label kind of Canadian Christian. But but we're not as spiritual as those other people. And we start comparing ourselves, and it's a trap of the enemy. We look at other people and go, well, they must love Jesus so much. Look at them. They carry a a big, thick Bible to church, and all I got is my iPhone. Like, I mean, they must be so much closer to Jesus. Look at those people. They they only listen to Christian music. They only listen to Shine FM. And they must be such incredible Christians. That's the only thing that's ever on in their radio. And we compare. Or we condemn ourselves when we have an outsider heart and mentality. And we say, well, here's what happened. I sinned. I made a mistake. And then we feel like we have to somehow just live our lives on the outskirts. And Jesus has called us by the blood of Jesus to live in a place of sonship. And the problem is, is when we get an, an outsider mentality in our mindset or our hearts, I think what happens is there's this hostility that rises up in our hearts. And we begin to knowingly or unknowingly treat other people in a way that is, that is divisive. It's arrogant. It's proud. Now, we're Canadian. So we're, we're not going to be quick to admit this because in Canada, it is so socially unacceptable to be like, hey, I'm prejudiced. Or I think I'm better than other people, other classes, other races, other ethnicities. In Canada, that's not very popular. But friends, deep in our hearts, all of us have had moments and times in our brokenness, in in the depths of our heart, whether or not we've just had a thought or whether we've actually intentionally or unintentionally uh, acted out this way. But there are times where we will look at somebody else and we'll say, oh man, at least I'm better than them. And oh, we hate that. We hate that when we see that in our hearts. But sometimes it's so deep in our brokenness that we don't even see it. And what happens is we begin to act out and do things in ways that isolate and push other people away, even within the body. Let's start with the church. Even within the church, we can, we can have that brokenness and we divide And we push each other away. And then we see that as well in the world. We are living in a day where it just seems to me like it's not getting better. This whole, you know, unity thing and we're together. There's a lot of voices saying that, but there's a lot of voices that are getting louder and louder. And it seems like we're more in a, a divisive culture, politically, polarized, relationally, ethnically than any other time before. And it seemed like maybe there was a time, you know, a couple decades ago, even back in the 70s, where John Lennon was saying, give peace a chance. And it seemed like with the flower power and that movement, that maybe peace, and maybe even in the 90s, it felt like we're kind of making some progress here, that we're all going to get along and be peaceful. But the problem is, is 
we can't fix it. Because there is such a depth of brokenness in the human heart. And this is what Paul is addressing here, that there's insiders and outsiders. And he's saying, you used to be called these slanderous names. You used to be, there used to be such division even amongst the community of God. And it's still there to a certain degree. But he's saying Christ Jesus has abolished that separation. It broke my heart a couple of weeks ago when I saw on the, on the news and other places where there were self-appointed so-called Christian leaders who would get up and they would say, what happened in Miami, what happened at the Pulse nightclub, that, you know what, they, they got what they deserved and that was God's judgment coming to them. That broke my heart, friends, because that is a broken, divisive, unhealed, wounded heart speaking. It's a religious heart. It's a Pharisee heart. And Jesus came to break those things down. Now, let me just say this. Just because you love somebody, and God has called us as a church, our vision is to love all people, but we believe very strongly in God's word and following his word. Just because people who are living outside of Christ have chosen lifestyles or have done things or lived certain ways that, that we don't see line up with the word of God, we can, we can agree, and we, or sorry, we can disagree, and we can respectfully disagree. It's not what we're against, friends. It's what we're for. It's not what we're against. And some people say, well, don't be, are you against me? No, I'm not against you as a person God loves you. It's the same grace that was offered to me is offered to you. We're all equal at the foot of the cross. We're all sinners. We're all, somebody said Christianity is one beggar showing another beggar where to find food. We all need hope. We all need Jesus. We all need grace. And we are for marriage between a man and a woman. We are for bi- the biblical definition of family. We believe it's God's best. It's God's way. But friends, may we never be of a heart that would class people and say, you're, you're just nothing. You're despicable. May we always be open to reach out and to show and to express love to all kinds of people, whether politically it's polarized, whether it's gender that's polarized, whether it's ethnicity that is being polarized. In our hearts, our hearts are broken and our hearts are, are, are deceitful. And sometimes we can even have these kind of things well up in our lives. But Jesus Christ has come. And this is what Paul is saying. He's made you right with God and he wants to make us right with each other, within humanity, so that the fullness of Christ and the opportunity for all people to come to Jesus Christ, not universalism where everybody's going to get saved one day, but an opportunity yet that whosoever will may come, that all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved, that Jesus Christ and his work on the cross, it's for everybody and it brings everybody together under the cross. There was a thief on this side and, and this thief on this side, he was given an opportunity to come to Jesus. And he said, forget it, forget it, because he had wickedness and brokenness and division in his heart, and he didn't have humility. And we know that that thief was not the one who entered into paradise with Jesus. But on this side of the cross, there was another thief. And in his humility, he said, in my brokenness today, I see that I need you, Jesus. Yes, I'm a thief. Yes, I've sinned. Yes, I've fallen short of the glory of God. And Jesus said to him, today you'll be with me in paradise. It's about humility. 
It's about opening up our hearts and our lives. And Paul is saying, you were divided with God. You were objects of wrath, but now in Christ Jesus, but God, rich in mercy. And now you have been brought together in God's family. This is good news. You were an outsider, an outsider, an outsider. Now you're an insider, and you're really an insider because now you're part of his family. But may we never have that in our heart that we would judge one another within the church or outside of the church in the sense that we would condemn one another. Now, listen, we cannot be morality police to people who don't know Jesus. Our job is to love them. Our job is to stand for what we believe is true and to live our lives unto the Lord in, in purity and in godliness according to the scripture, but not to judge those who don't proclaim Christ. But friends, as Christians, we are to call each other on to love and good deeds. It is actually appropriate for us not to judge one another in a condemning way, but it's actually appropriate for us as Christians to say, hey, you're a follower of Christ. I want to call you on some things scripturally in your life that I could call you on because Jesus desires for you to to live in purity and in holiness. This is, this is appropriate for us to call one another on when we see one another straying. If you're, if you're willing to stray and say, well, I'm living however I want to live, then don't call yourself a Christian. If you call yourself a follower of Christ or a Christian, then you actually give permission to the body of Christ, to this group right here, one another, for all of us to call one another on to love and good deeds, to follow Jesus. But may we never have such hurt and division in our hearts, that we don't reach out, that we don't call others on, that we don't love. Each one of us in our hearts, we have, Timothy Keller talked about in his book, The, uh, the Prodigal God, he said, on one side, he said, we're, we're religious, we're like that older brother that didn't go out looking for his younger brother who was the lost son. He stayed in the house and he was lost and trapped in his religion. And on the other side, there was the rebel who went off and squandered his father's inheritance. But the rebel was the one who came to his senses, came back to his father, received grace. The religious son, we don't know what happened, but both are completely polarizing. And they bring us to a place of separation and not experiencing the father's love. But this grace is for each person, for each one of us. And Jesus Christ himself says that for he himself is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. Jesus Christ himself broke down that dividing wall of hostility. Outside of Christ, friends, all of us are outsiders. Gentiles living in unrestrained sin and immorality, ignorant, far from God. Or even the Jews who, even through their system, had a relationship with God, but in their hearts there was incredible corruption and many of the the Jews and the Pharisees and others where they were hating others and judging others. And verse 13 says, but now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Jesus Christ. It is only the cross of Christ that brings us peace and brings us together in peace with one another, in peace 
as a new family of God, as new believers. For Christ himself has brought peace. He's our peace. I'm here thankful that Jesus is our peace. He's our bringer of peace. He's the proclaimer of peace. But at the end of the day, he is our peace. And this word peace, it it speaks more than just a, a good feeling of, oh, I just feel calm and I feel relaxed. It actually speaks of wholeness, relational wholeness in this context, where Jesus Christ is our peace. He brings wholeness and growth and relationship. And he's not just breaking down the wall, but it says in one verse that he's killing, but he was killing hostility as he was on the cross. This is incredible to me. Uh, Verse 16, that he might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing hostility. Jesus Christ, the the very cross that, that Jesus willingly laid down his life and he was on the cross and he was killed on the cross, that very cross where Jesus was was killed and was crucified, he also at the same time was killing this hostility. Second Corinthians five twenty one says that God made him to be sin who knew no sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus Christ himself absorbed the sin, absorbed the hostility, absorbed the, absorbed the separation, that we would be right with God and right with each other. And here's the good news for the outsiders. I'm going to give you three points really quickly, and then we're going to pray. And you're going to be amazed how quick these points are. Here's the good news. Outsiders have become insiders. This is really good news for us today. But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Jesus Christ. How many are thankful for the cross? He's brought you in. He's brought you right with the Father and right with one another. Number two. See, I told you. You have a father. You have a father. This is good news for the outsider that you were orphaned, but now you have a father. Now all of us can come to the father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. No longer orphans and hopeless, but you now have a father. And thirdly, you have a family. And Paul reemphasizes this importance that we are part of a family of God. And he broke down the walls of hostility that separated us from humanity and from each other and from different races and religions and sects and different kinds of, of, of boxes and barriers and walls and divisions. And Jesus Christ broke down. He killed that hostility. He took it on the cross. He said, I don't want you to be separated. I want you to be in Christ. I want you to be in me. Jesus Christ died on the cross so that he could bring us together in him. It's a beautiful mystery. It's incredible what God has for us in the future. It's incredible what God has for us in Calgary, in our city, right now, right here, that we would be people loving all people to Jesus, not dividing, not not judging, but loving and living our lives for Jesus according to the word and the power of the Spirit, that we would call one another on to love and good deeds, call one another on, hold one another accountable, that we would serve Jesus well, that we would honor God's word, that we would live our lives for him, but at the same time, we would be reaching out and loving our city and not judging, but showing up and praying for and caring and listening because Jesus Christ has abolished. He took all that separation, all that hostility. It's good news for the outsiders, but us insiders need to understand that God needs to heal the heart that divides, and he has done it 
And today we just need to say again, God, just heal our hearts. If there's judgment in my heart towards my brothers, if I think I'm better somehow than other people, God, forgive me of that because that's not what you came for. Jesus Christ, you came so that we could know the Father, that we can be in relationship with each other. It's good news for the outsiders. It's good news for us and it's good news for all of the world to come to know Jesus Christ. And he broke down the walls of hostility. That word hostility means hatred. It's hatred. It's enmity. And he broke it down because it separated us. And Jesus Christ has made a way. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Let's give God praise today. God, we love you. We thank you, Lord. Good news for the outsiders. I'm going to ask Michael and the team to come back at this time. And I'm just going to invite you to stand with me this morning. And I want to just do a couple things. I want us to respond to the Lord this morning. What if we could be a community? That because of what God does in our lives, touches our hearts in such a way that we could be used in such an amazing way to see outsiders become insiders. You see, God's heart, it's not like, hey, we're insiders, you're outsiders. God's heart is that all people would come to know him. This is our red hot why as a church. That God desires that all would come to know him. That none should perish. That all would find Christ Jesus. This is why we exist And as we reach out with our lives, that we would love all people to Jesus, that we would would bring peace wherever we go in our city because he is our peace. We would share the love and the life of Jesus. That we would see walls torn down in our city. Listen, politics will be politics. And outside of Christ, it's always going to be divisive. Racial tensions I don't think a couple songs by John Lennon, a few things, that it's helpful, it's good, it's all great. But at the end of the day, it's a heart problem of humanity. It's brokenness, it's sin. And it's such brokenness that it can only be healed through Jesus Christ. And you and I have the opportunity as his church to show the world that that's true. They will know that we are Christians by our love. And so we're gonna go love people and we're going to live for God. We're not going to, we're not going to sell out. We're going to live according to God's word. We're not going to sell out on marriage. We're going to look, support it. We're not going to sell out on family. We're going to support it. We're going to build it. We're not going to sell out when the world is selling out to all kinds of things that they call good, that actually the Bible says is evil, and living lifestyles given over to things. Listen, we love all people, but we're going to live for Jesus at the same time. And we can do it in such a way the love of God will shine through our lives. See, Jesus came to tear down the wall and to kill the hostility. Jesus Christ came to get us together in him. That outsiders with no future, listen to this, outsiders, you were an outsider with no future. Now you have a father and a family. We were outsiders with no future. And now we know we have a father and a family and the world needs to know that they're not outsiders. Remember, you were outsiders, but now in Christ. In Christ. You have everything. You have your identity. It's good to have other, you know, hey, I have a different identity, come from a different background. That's good. 
You know, I'm a Stampeders fan. I'm Scottish. You know, I'm from Zimbabwe, whatever. It's good to have your racial, your, you know, ethnic, your country, cheer them on. It's good to be a husband. I'm a husband. I'm a dad. I'm a pastor. But at the end of the day, those things are secondary identities. My soul identity is in Christ Jesus. And this is what Paul keeps saying. If you find your identity in Christ, you're not going to be confused about your identity. You're not going to be confused about who am I, what am I. You know who you are in Christ. And then from there, every other identity serves that identity in Jesus Christ. And that's why he is our peace. He's our wholeness. He's our health. There's fruitfulness. There's flourishing. As Christ is our peace. In Jesus' name. So let's just respond to the Lord this morning. Just in your own way. Just God, I pray that you would be here this morning. I thank you that you're here. And I pray, Lord, that you begin to heal uh, identity. Lord, there's some struggles that some of us have had where we've been trying to be this and trying to do that. But Lord, again, we would be reminded of our identity being in Christ. Father, I pray that you would heal us of brokenness in our hearts. Lord, where sometimes thoughts and emotions and even our words and our behaviors would rise up where we would be pushing other people aside, thinking somehow that we're better than other people, praying that prayer of the Pharisee saying, oh God, thank you that I'm better than other people. God, would you heal us of a heart that would be like a Pharisee? Lord, would you touch us and heal us of religion that would polarize us from the grace of God? And Lord, would you heal us from rebellion? Lord, where we've gone our own way and that we've tried to live our own lives and find ourselves outside of Christ. But Lord, would you heal us and would we be like the prodigal today? Would you make us like the prodigal that would come running home to you, Father? And we thank you that you're there. You're opening your arms. You're wrapping your arms around us and you're bringing us to yourself today. We thank you for that, Lord. Just bring healing in this place today, Jesus. Father, thank you for your provision. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, that we were once outsiders, but now we have a father. We have a family. Lord, let us live from that vantage point. Let us live from that place of passionate, Lord, relationship with Jesus Christ. God, let us love each other. Let us love other people in our community. Let us share the love and grace of Jesus. God, heal us of judgment in our words, in our hearts. Heal us today. God, we don't want to be in that place, but Lord, we thank you that there's no more walls. There's no more separation. God, you've taken that veil, Lord, even to the holy place that you've taken it from the top to the bottom and ripped it and destroyed it and opened a way for all people to come into your presence. Oh God, we're hungry for more of your presence. We're hungry for more of you and we're hungry that the world would know that Jesus Christ is alive, that Jesus Christ loves them and died for them. God, we're hungry to see a move of your spirit in our time and in our day. God, we want more of you, Lord. Heal us and set us free, God, we pray. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If you're here this morning, just real quickly, if you're here this morning and you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, you would say, you know what? I know today, I'm just not sure that if I were to even, if I were to die, that I would be right with God today. And you want to make sure that you're a follower of Christ. You want to make sure that that you're not on the outside, but that you are part of his family today. The Bible says that we're born physically, but we also need to be born spiritually. It's called called being born again. And as I'm looking around, as we just bow our heads and close our eyes for a moment this morning, I don't want to miss an opportunity today. If there may be some here today, you would say, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. Whether it's your first time or you've been away from God from a long time, you say, "I I want to receive this love, this beautiful love of the Father. As I look around this morning, I just want you to lift up your hand and hold it there and make eye contact with me just real quickly. Thank you. See hands going up. Thank you. 
Lots of hands going up today. There's several hands. Thank you. Up in the balcony, I'm looking. and I'm not going to embarrass you or call you out or anything. I just want to pray for you this morning. Thank you. Awesome. There's lots of people saying, I want Jesus in my life. I want to give my life to Christ.